so much, Nick. Um, amazing. Uh, Nick gently let me know three quarters of the way through the week that it's not actually Mother's Day, and I'd already nearly finished my sermon, so we're having one about mothers anyway. The Mother Church, Mother's Day is in May, I've found out since Thursday. Mother Sunday, we're having one on mothers this morning. Um, it's an important sermon, whatever the day is. Um, children, if you're tuning in at home, or there's a couple over there I can see, um, and you, why don't you make a list of ways you can honor your mother today, or your gran, or your auntie, or your sisters, or your female friends in church. Just make a little list and try and get it done by the end of the day. Um, it's, this one is an awkward one. Uh, from Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother and live long in the land. Uh, I don't know, you know, teachers growing up would sort of go, honor your father and mother and live long in the land. And you're like, what was the second bit? I didn't hear it quite as loudly. You're confident in the first bit. We get that. That's a good idea. What on earth does this mean? And you'll live long in the land. Miss, what does that mean? Or sir, you asked your RE teacher, what on earth does it mean to live long in the land? And it's really important that we get that today. Um, does it mean if my boys go home now uh, and tidy their room, they're going to live to 800 years old living in Cardiff? Does it mean that? Uh, what about this one? Because uh, I've got an extra mile as well and just called the sermon, honor your, father, honor your mother and live forever. So have I gone loopy? Well, more than, you know, average. Um, you might be thinking, I thought we had to honor Jesus and we'll get everlasting life. So why is Moses telling us all we'll live long in land if we honor our mothers today? Another one. What if our mothers are bad? Do we honor them? What if they ask me to do dishonorable things? Do we honor that? So it's really important. I just want to break this down as simply as I can. First things, mothers. Uh, what are they? <laughs> or who are they? Today we honor our mothers, if we can. But actually, there's something much bigger going on here. We're also to honor our grands, our sisters, our aunties, our cousins, because in the Bible and in church life, like it's not just your biological mother when that word is thrown out there. Mothers. Um, all of us today listening, whether you're a Christian or not, you've got to change if you're not a Christian and start doing this. The Bible calls us to honor church mothers and sisters in Christ. Here's 1 Timothy 5. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father in church. Treat younger men as brothers. Older women, treat them as mothers. And younger women, treat them as sisters with absolute purity. Genesis. Sarah is called the mother of the church or the mother of nations. In Judges chapter 12, Deborah, do you remember what she was called? A mother in Israel. So a mother in the Old Testament church. This is a belter for some people this year. 
Psalm 68 says, God sets the lonely in families. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean biological families. And Matthew chapter 12, uh, Jesus wades into this one. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Uh, so there's loads of mothers sitting in this building now, even and tuning in at home if you're connected to a church, even single and celibate people in church life are mothers. Um, like, church is the family of Jesus, and there's tons of mothers here. And you might be thinking, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm pretty sure I've got no children. I'm not a mother. Yep. Yes, you have. Look around. That's the teaching of scriptures. Look around now at your church family. You've got tons of children or mothers. According to the living God, is blood thicker than water? No. Is water thicker than blood? Yes. The waters of baptism, which bring people into a family that lasts forever. Connected church members, they last forever. You'll quickly find this. If you come to Jesus today, and I call you all to do it uh, at home, you'll find this quickly. You've got something with your church family that sometimes you haven't got with your biological family. And that's just a fact. You just get each other more. You love your mum but now you've got like 50 and you love them all as well in church. Do you remember when Jesus actually said he's come to put a sword between blood family members, between daughters and mothers? Sometimes coming to Jesus makes things really awkward with your blood family as he brings you in to this baptism church family that lasts forever. Now, I'm not telling us today to not honor non-Christian ladies. They're to be honored, and they often put us to shame. They love. They're honest. They're diligent. They care more than us so often. This morning, I'm just lifting up this command, which is honoring our sisters and mothers in Christ this day. We can think about that, as well as the biological ones, but especially the church ones. Honor your mother, and you'll live forever, or you'll live long in the land. So get ready, everybody. Here's Owen saying this. We're all locked into living in Cardiff now for 500 years, because on this day, we honor our church ladies. Well, the Apostle Paul... He doesn't even let us just take the first bit of that commandment. He wants us to be confronted with, what does it mean to live long in the land? Because in Ephesians chapter 6, he says this. So, children who are listening, listen to this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. And then Paul even says, which is the first commandment with a promise. So Paul's message to the New Testament church is this. That second half about living long in the land, it's really important to everyone who's listening 
today. And now let me add another layer of complication. Um, like, had Paul lost his mind? Think about this. He wrote that when he knew he was about to have his head chopped off in Rome. So, when he says you're going to live long in the land, he wrote that as he knew I'm about to die. So, what does it mean? Like, was he nuts? Or is there something really important and deeper going on here than just living in Cardiff? You might also be thinking, I'm elderly and I don't want to live long much more. My back hurts. I've lost loved ones. Things just get painful as they get older. This is a terrible promise. Okay, well now we come to the other important bit. What on earth does it mean is the land that church people are going to inherit? Well, glad you asked because I've written the answer down. During the time of Moses, what was the land? You have a little t uh, think about that Well, I uh, have a sip of water. The land, when Exodus was written and the commands, it had a few names. Canaan, Israel, the promised land. But it was much more than just a strip in the Mediterranean coast there. Do you remember when Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 said, Blessed are the meek because they will inherit. It depends what English version you've got. But do you remember the end of that? Oh, you can't shout out because of the face mask things. But I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the earth. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are my people. Because they will inherit the earth. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus is quoting the Old Testament promise there about inheriting the land. So now you're asking, has Jesus misquoted it and he didn't know his Bible very well because he calls it the earth? Well, the answer to that is Jesus actually knew his Bible pretty well. And he's getting to the heart of the promise to every Christian today that honors their church family. Jesus is saying the meek and humble will inherit everything. Everything. And Abraham in the Old Testament understood it. Because God promised him land, Israel, an inheritance. But when he got there, what did he do? He didn't think, oh, well, this is great. I'm going to live here for 500 years. He actually got a tent and thought, I'm not going to lay down any deep foundations in this little strip of the coast here because that's not what this land is about. And Hebrew says this, By faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in a tent. As did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promised land. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city built by God. So the land that we're told we're going to live long in forever was always a picture of God's world and God's world to come for the church. So when Moses reads out, hey, you're all going to live forever in the land. 
They're all thinking heaven and the new heavens and the new earth. And then they had feasts all about it, which we're going to be looking forward to in Park End going forward. This is not a call that you're all going to become really old and stay here forever. The Lord God is called the Ancient of Days. He's not an old man. It's a statement that we are promised eternal rich life if we honor Christ and his church. Life that will live forever. And we inherit everything. Heaven and then the new world to come. Jesus is promising everyone listening now, all his people from all cultures across the world, inherit me, inherit my world. You will live long in my world forever. And so it's for people with bad backs, for people who have lost loved ones, for people with chronic arthritis who woke up in tears this morning in pain. It's like a tangible promise. Come to Christ, honor his church, honor the women in the church. It's all a package deal. You're going to live forever. That is eternal life. We're going to inherit everything as a family. And on Mother's Day, we take a moment and we say, thank you, Lord, for church women. Thank you, people who believe that message, who have handed that message on. Of course, we live forever if we get what they've got. And so the last question is, let's tease this out. Do women have some innate quality that if we honor them, it zaps us into eternal life? Well, the answer to that is yes and no, sort of. Yes and no, maybe. Because, and hear me out, isn't this true? Christian women, church women, or parents, or sisters in the Lord, they believe in Jesus and the world to come. They believe that. We believe that in church. And when women around us connect to church, and they serve, and they love, and they are loved, they show what? Jesus matters. Jesus matters. And they hand that on. And we, the children of them, the, the brothers of them, if we get what they've got, we get Jesus too. Because they're all about Jesus. The Moses lot. All of their life was about Jesus. All of it. What, what they ate in the kitchen how they were to wash, where they were to go. It all had this everlasting meaning. And women today do that. And we honor them. If they got married, like the Adam and Eve story, Paul says, yeah, that's just about Jesus and the church. Marriage is just a picture of Jesus and the church and how Jesus should die for his bride. He's going to. And men lay down their lives for women. It's all about church and Jesus. And the command here is going out to children in that environment. That soul-saving environment, which is just teaching them and the world there's more to life than the here and now. There's everlasting life in Christ. I just think the tragedy with not being a Christian, and if you're listening, is you're just doing things for the sake of it. Whereas nothing's meant to be just for the sake of it on planet Earth. Part of being lost is that people just live horizontally. Get a job. Why? Don't really know. Get married. It's all right. 
get some money, get a car. What's the point? What are you handing down? But the Moses church, the marriages, the food, the jobs, the parenting, the fellowship, packed full of Christ. And that's life. So if you've got Christian ladies in your life today, children, if you've got a mother, Christian mother, and she says, tidy your room, do it. It's not for the sake of it. Christian women believe that Jesus has blessed us with bedrooms and houses. We live in the wealthy West. We're just so thankful to Christ. Even the bedroom stuff isn't just for the sake of it. When we say, do your homework, and our mothers say, do your homework, or our church mothers say, hey, do your homework in school. Why? Because we've got Jesus in mind. And it's his world that we're living about when we study maths and English and science. And we listen to our mothers today who tell us, don't be greedy. Like, why? Why should children not be greedy? That's a message from our mothers handed down to us. Why? Because we inherit the world. Stop stuffing your pockets full of treasures which are going to rot. You get everything in Jesus. It's all coming. And the mothers who believe that, and the women and our sisters who believe that, turn the world upside down and rescue guilty, depressed, empty-feeling people. And we're blessed if we know any of them. I read this morning, actually, a salary is the drug they give you to forget your dreams. Isn't that powerful? A salary is a drug they give you to forget your dreams. Salary's all right. Thank you, Lord, for a salary. But we want Christ. And if we lose our jobs, we still got Christ. That's the message from our mothers that we honor today. Some of you are housewives. You do the hardest job in the world. Your life is putting others before yourselves. That is the message of Christ who put others before himself. Who laid down his life to protect and feed his people. That's a housewife. To love neighbors as yourself. Do you know that no nappy has ever been changed in vain? Because Christian women believe this child is in the image of God. I believe that. But it changes nappies to the glory of God. Some mothers, as we wrap all this up, believe in heaven and hell. They believe there's more important things than handing an inheritance down of money, education, and property. And today we honor them. They know that there's a resurrection life all bound up with Jesus. We don't care about handing down good grades or education or being polite. That's all right. But there's more. We've all met the person who says, I was raised to be polite and courteous, but they're an absolute nightmare. There's more to being polite and courteous. No, church women and men believe this. The message of life isn't look your best, be your brainiest, or be the fastest. That's all there is. It's this. Come as you are without one plea to King Jesus. He will forgive you, wash you, bring you into church, and you will live. There's a sacrifice for all of us. We can be washed in the blood of the Lamb today, which is exactly what they did with Moses. So this morning, Moses reminds us, true honor and glory and everlasting life is found in Jesus-centered churches and church members. And that is why the last thing I'm going to read is when this was also said in Deuteronomy chapter 5, and after the commands were given, 
it says this. Oh, that their hearts, all of us in it together, would be inclined to fear me, the living God, and keep my commandments always, so that it may go well with them and their children forever. Come to Jesus Christ and live, and honor those in your life that make that real. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.